So two weeks ago, we started a new series called Simple Christmas, and I talked about the idea of a blessing when it comes to Christmas. And last, I talked about how God blessed us with the greatest gift ever. Right? He blessed us with His Son. He sent His Son to die for us, to be a sacrifice for us, and, and, and that we were presented with the greatest gift ever, the most amazing blessing we could ever imagine, and having the opportunity to ha find a relationship with Jesus and, and salvation. And so this morning we're going to continue on in this series talking about blessings as we look forward to Jesus' birth. It's hard to believe that Christmas is only eight days away at this point. Yeah, eight days away. For those of you who aren't ready, for those of you who are ready, you're like, yes, bring it on, Christmas is coming. And so it's an exciting time of year as we celebrate Jesus' birth. And in our community group this last Wednesday night, I love, we had a conversation about Christmas and uh, one of the individuals made the comment, um, you know, we throw a birthday party for ourselves, right? You know, for example, like we threw a birthday party for Pastor Laura when she turned 30 and we make a big deal that Christmas is, we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. It should be a big deal. It should be fun. It should be a celebration. It's something that we get excited about each and every year. And so uh, I love this time of year and all that it stands for. So as I said, we talked about the gift of salvation the first week and how God offered that to us. And this morning, I want to look at three different ways that we can bless and give to both others and to God in our lives, in our walk. How we can be a blessing to others and how we can be a blessing to God for the great gift that He has offered to us. I want to just uh, ask you this morning, just open up your heart and your mind as we talk this morning and, and look at God's Word and say, you know what? The world tells us a lot about Christmas. The world tells us what Christmas is about and everything. But as believers, we know what Christmas is truly about. The coming of our Lord and Savior. And so, it's talking about God's creation. It's talking about all that God has blessed us with. And now we have the opportunity and the responsibility of maintaining and taking care of God's creation. That's part of our job as believers is to maintain what God has placed in front of us. Let us begin this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your presence. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and moving in our midst this morning. Father, we thank you for our time of worship and prayer and fellowship. And now as we dig into your word, Father, we just ask that you would just open us up. Holy Spirit, illuminate scripture. Show it to us in a new and a fresh way. Father, that we would understand it and see it differently than maybe we have before. Father, we just ask that, that you would speak to us. Speak through me now, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if we think about the way that God has blessed us in our lives, there's so many obvious things we can think about. God has blessed us with, with homes and with family and with resources and with jobs. And God provides all those things and He blesses us in so many ways. But how can we be a blessing to others? Sometimes I think that's the question. Well, we're so blessed, so how do we turn around and be a blessing to other people? And that's the question that I hope this morning when you walk out, you'll have a little bit of a, an idea of how we can be a blessing to other people. When we think of blessing others, the first thing that comes to most of our minds is probably the act of giving gifts or money to somebody else, right? We think, oh, if we're going to bless somebody else, that means we're going to give them a gift or we're going to give them some money and say, hey, you know, take this $20 and do whatever you want. I just want to bless you. I want to just say thank you. I want to just 
give this to you and you can do whatever you'd like with it. But I want to challenge the idea this morning that the only way that we can bless somebody is by giving them a tangible item which they can hold in their hands. Because that's what we tend to think of. We tend to think of blessings being something that's tangible. Something that you, you take and you place in somebody else's hand. And many times blessings are tangible, but there's also ways I think we can bless that have nothing to do with really placing something in somebody else's hand in the sense of a tangible item. So what I want us to do this morning, I want everyone to look at your hands and just picture what salvation looks like to you. Just picture what salvation looks like to you. And I want to say that with as many different people as we have in the room this morning, there's going to be that many different pictures of what salvation looks like to us. Because to all of us, salvation looks a little bit different. It probably looks, um, for some of us, uh, it, it looks similar, but all of our relationships with the Lord are different than one another's. Maybe you thought of Jesus on the cross. Maybe when you think of salvation, that's what you think of as Jesus upon the cross. Or maybe you think of the tomb being empty. That's what you think of when it comes to salvation. Or you think of baby Jesus being born, and that's what you think of salvation. Or Jesus ascending back up into heaven. My, I always think my, my picture and first thought when it comes to salvation is Jesus sitting and talking with the little children. I, I love in Scripture that it talks about how Jesus just sat with the children and He talked with them and He laughed with them and He had conversation with them. That's what I think about when I think of salvation because Jesus, He truly enjoyed life. Jesus was the embodiment of joy and He loved life and all that life brought His way. And I, I think today, sometimes as, as a church, that's lost on us. That joy of the Lord at times is lost on us. And I want to encourage us, let's, let's capture that joy again. Let's recapture that, that joy that God had for children and for other people. Because He's the example that you and I are to follow. We have to enjoy the opportunities that we have to bless people in our lives by sharing the good news and the great joy we have in our faith with those who are around us. So the first way this morning that I believe that we can be a blessing to other people is by sharing our faith. By sharing our faith. That's the first way that we can be a blessing to somebody else is those we encounter sharing our faith with them. And in our day and age, that can look really different. That might be physically one-on-one. -on -one. You're, you're talking to somebody, you have an opportunity to share faith with them. Or many times today in our world, you may talk to somebody online that you, you don't ever even actually meet face-to-face. -face, but you can still have an opportunity to share your faith with them, even though they may not be sitting in front of you. They may be on the other side of the world. But it doesn't mean we still can't share our faith with them. Being willing to share your story with people so that they may see how God has changed and transformed your life. Right? That's the power of our testimony is people sharing what God has done in our lives. The change that's taken place. The transformation of saying, I was once like this. But I've asked Jesus into my heart and He's worked on my heart. And, I, and I've, I've surrendered and I, I've, I've given up things to Him and my life now looks different as a result. My life has been transformed because of what God has done. 
But one thing I want to encourage you when it comes to sharing our faith with other people is be careful how quickly and how often you use the name of God. And you might be saying, what do you mean? I'm not saying that we skirt around God and who He is, but I'm saying sometimes in our conversations, when we're trying to open somebody up to the faith, we just have to be careful about how pushy we can become with God's name. Because many times they may shut down. They may not even be willing to listen at that point anymore. So we just have to be careful. Many times when I share my faith or my testimony to other people, I'll oftentimes almost leave, I, I not leave them up, but I won't mention the name of God until I'm kind of towards the end of sharing what I want to share. Because you're kind of laying the foundation. You're, you're sharing a story with them. You're sharing about what God has done. And then at the end you can say, the reason all that has happened, the transformation that's taken place in my life is because of a relationship that I have with God. Because I asked Jesus Christ into my heart and, and He transformed my heart. Learning to bring it full circle because many times if we bring up God's name or Jesus, it may shut the door before the conversation really can even ever get started. So like I said, I'm not saying we need to avoid God's name, but I think we need to be wise. I think we need to ask God, give me the discernment to know when to bring your name up. Give me the wisdom to know when is the right time to share certain things. Because everybody's not always open to hearing the whole story right away. And that's okay. It's okay. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's, it, it, it's a step-by-step -step process. And for other people, they're open to hearing it all right away. And so just asking God to give you wisdom to know when to share and what to share. Because we don't want to push people away before they really even have an opportunity to hear what we're trying to share with them. Our goal should be that we live in a way that we set an example by our lives. Right? So people should look at our lives and say, I don't maybe know what it is, but there's something different about you. There's a joy that you have. There, there's a love that you have. There's a compassion that you have towards other people that's just different and it's unique. And I want to know why. I want to know about that. What it is that makes your life like that. A lifestyle where people ask, like I said, what is different? And then you have an opportunity. That opens the door. They started the conversation saying, what's different? And then you can share with them about what's happened and how you accepted the free gift of salvation. And it reminds me of Philippians 1, or Philippians 2, 1 through 4. It says, therefore, if any... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And as mature believers, we need to continue to develop our mind so that it becomes more like Christ. That's part of that process of sanctification that, that I've talked about. It's that process of becoming more like Christ in your relationship. As you grow and you mature, you become more like Christ. 
says not only does it say that we should be like-minded, but that we should also be humble. We are to be like-minded, but we are to be humble. And looking to others' interests instead of our own. So this is a perspective change where you're saying, I, I'm not worried all the time about what I need and, and what's going on in my life. It's saying, God, help me to see things around me. Help me to see things like you do. Help me to be humble and look to the interests of others over my own at times. Jesus was selfless. When you look at Scripture and you read stories, Jesus was totally selfless. He wasn't worried about what he needed. He wasn't worried about himself. He was simply trying to take care of those who were around him. And he sets the example. So as believers, we are supposed to be as selfless as we can possibly be as well. And I understand that's difficult. I understand there's days where that's hard and there's seasons where that's just difficult because it seems like no matter what you're doing, nothing works. And it seems like no matter how hard you work, there's just pushback all the time. But to be selfless like Jesus did. One way to kind of maybe check and see if, if you're being selfless as, as believers is that if you're given an opportunity to help somebody else, if an opportunity comes up where you can help somebody else, where you can bless somebody else, are you taking advantage of those opportunities? Are you seeing a need and then meeting it? Or are you concerned about the old, your own things that you have going on and so you choose to focus on your own interests instead of those of others who are around you? And I'm not saying that we have to just ignore the things that we need in our lives. As parents, as spouses, as grandparents, there are responsibilities that we have to take care of that are, that are ours to do. But at times there's things that we may be called or, or God may show us to do. And are we choosing to take advantage of those opportunities or not? Are we going above and beyond to bless and help those who are around us? Are we willing to step out of our normal routine to help somebody else, right? That's a hard one. Especially, you know, a lot of time as shift workers, you become very routine. You have, you have a routine and then, and then an opportunity comes up and you go, but this is going to take me out of my routine. You have to say, am I willing to step out of my routine? Am I willing to step out of what would be normal for me to do to help in these situations? Blessing others is, is such a, a wonderful thing and it's so much fun. But first we must understand that we're not doing it for ourselves, but rather for the sake of others. Right? If, if we're simply blessing somebody else, hoping to get something in response, hoping to get recognition for it, hoping for people to say, man, did you see what they did for me? I would check the motivation that's behind that. Blessing is freely giving something with no strings attached. Saying, I just want to bless you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to help you out during this time. And it, it just it makes me laugh. It, it, it reminds me of when Pastor Laura made the reference last week in her kids' object lesson when she gave Kennedy the gift, but then she also said, here's the receipt. You can pay me for this whenever you can. Right? That's not a gift. It's not a blessing if you're saying, 
I, I want to bless you with this, but I expect something in return. That's a trade. That's a trade. You're, you're making a business transaction. You're saying, I'm going to give you this because I'm hoping to receive this in exchange for it. May we search for ways to be a blessing to others in a way that will point people towards the cross, in a way that will help people see the gift of salvation. A second way that we can be a blessing to other people is simply by meeting a need. Simply by meeting a need. And this kind of works with the first one that we talked about. But learning how to meet needs in somebody's life. Because reality is, is if, if you're going to share your faith with somebody, but it's somebody who, who's hungry because they haven't eaten in a long time, somebody who's thirsty, somebody who's cold because they don't have adequate clothing or they don't have a home where they can stay warm, they're going to have a hard time listening to anything you're saying. We have to say, okay, is there a, is there a need that I can meet first? Is there something I can offer? Can, can I fill their belly so that they're not in pain because they're so hungry? You know, can I bring them to a place that's warm so they can warm up so they're not so focused and concentrated on literally just trying to stay warm enough to stay alive? Those who are starving and thirsty, they have a hard time listening or a hard time being open to what we have because they're so focused on those immediate needs that they have in their lives. We have to say, is there something I can do to help meet a need? And I think sometimes in America, this can be a little bit of a difficult thing for us to understand. Because for some of us, we've never been in this situation before. For some of us, we've never been so hungry that we hurt. We've never been so cold that we thought we were, we were on the verge of you know, hypothermia and dying or different things. And some of us have. Some of us have been in those dire situations. But we have to have that mindset of going, man, is there a need that I can meet here that I can help with in this situation? Because there are many people in Chisholm, there's many people here on the Iron Range and in this area who struggle to meet many of their physical needs, who struggle to have adequate food sources, who struggle to have uh, adequate heat. I had a gentleman in, our, in my office this week whose water's been shut off for a couple weeks, and he's still quite a ways away from being able to even get his water turned back on. It, it just, it breaks my heart to know that there's people here. Actually, you could walk to his apartment from here. And the gentleman doesn't even have running water in his house. Meeting a need like that is an open door. It's an opportunity to be able to share with them to be able to, to be a blessing to them and to help them in that way. One great way that as a community that we can help those who are in need around us is through our Chisholm Food Shelf. And we've been talking about that this last month or so as we received an offering a few weeks ago for the Food Shelf to help with their, their holiday meal um, fundraiser that they were doing. And, you know, Doug and Jack, your active members of the Food Shelf, and Pastors John and Gina are active members of the committee there. And so that's one great way that we can help meet needs is by partnering with organizations in our community that help in those different areas. Uh, they, like, for example, our food shelf, they help 60 to 80 families a week. Is that correct, Doug? About 60 to 80 families a week they provide food for. 
That's a lot of families when you're talking about a town of 5,000 people. It's a lot of people who have a need when it comes to food. And, and, and it's great to be a part of those kind of things. But what else can we do? What other opportunities are out there that we can step up and say, what can I do to help meet a need in different people's lives? What else can I do during this time? We can't, we can't ever stop and go, we've done enough. We've done enough. We've, we've done our part. We've helped. We're done. No, we have to continue going, what else can we do? Where else can we be a help? Where else can we be a blessing to those? Where else can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Right? That's part of our mission here, is being the hands and feet of Jesus, the Chisholm, the Iron Range, and around the world. How else can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Listen to what Luke's Gospel records about helping those in need. Luke 3, verse 11, John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Right? Anyone who has two shirts should give to the one who has none. Because what good is two on one and none on the other? There are, there are multiple verses that talk about this. And if you have multiple, you should be willing to bless and share with those who have none or very little. Isaiah 58, 7 says, It is not to share your is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Right? Is it is it not our job to provide food for those who don't have any food? Is it not our job to provide shelter for those who don't have shelter? When we see someone naked it says clothe them to take care of those when we see the needs that are all around us. When a need is presented to us, may we grab a hold of those opportunities to bless others, showing our love for others just as God desires us to. We can share our faith through others, other ways, by presenting the gospel to them through our testimony and by blessing them, by supplying needs that they may have. But that is not the only way that we can bless others. The third way this morning I want to share that we can bless other people is by creating community. By creating a community, a place where they feel they can come, that, that's open, that's accepting. A place that they feel they can trust one another. A place they feel peace. So many times in our world it's easy for us to give money or to donate clothes or, or food to a shelter because maybe it's, we have extra or maybe it's our old clothes that we're getting rid of anyhow. So we say, oh, I'll donate those things. But maybe it's not a real inconvenience in that sense. But many times the greatest way that we can bless somebody else is by giving them our time. By giving them the opportunity to sit down and talk. The opportunity to have conversation with somebody by creating community. Our world has so much chaos and craziness in it today that many times all people are looking for is a place of security and comfort outside of everything else that they encounter in their daily life. They're just looking for a place that they go, man, I just need a place that's a safe shelter. A place that I can go to find peace, that I can find rest, that I can relax, that I can be rejuvenated and poured into. Where I don't have to take care of somebody else, but somebody else can come and, and, and help me for a little bit. 
and creating a place of community. As a church, we have a, a tremendous opportunity to help create an environment that's welcoming and open to those who are looking for peace, who are looking for a place of rest, a place of comfort. God offers us the ultimate peace. He offered it to us in His Son as the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9:6. For to us the child is born, to us the Son is given, and the government will be on His shoulders, and He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus has come as the Prince of Peace into our world. And now that He's ascended, it's our job as a church, it's our job as believers to continue to create an environment that's full of peace, where people can come and they can find rest. They can find that comfort and peace. Create an atmosphere that's open for people. They feel comfortable. That it's a place where we can show the love of God. I have a short video clip. Actually, it's about three minutes long or so that we're going to watch. And actually, this, this is not even a video, a Christian video. It's a video about a gentleman who saw a need in Africa, and he helped meet that need. And then we're going to talk about a little bit how the individual's needs were met. Their world was changed as a result of it. And then we're going to talk about how that relates to us spiritually in our lives. Well, so go ahead, Ange. Patrick Otema is 15 years old. He was born deaf, but in this remote region of northern Uganda, there are no schools for deaf children. In his whole life, Patrick never had a conversation. Hello. You good? His father Charles looks after him. They are only able to communicate through very basic gestures. We've been sitting here talking about Patrick in front of him, and while he's been watching us, he doesn't understand what we're saying. It feels almost rude, but this is what Patrick's life is like all the time. I'm here with someone who wants to change all that. Raymond Okello is deaf himself and a sign language teacher. Do you think he could learn sign language? This is pretty much Patrick's existence. His father gestures to him what he wants him to do, and when he's finished, he goes back to his hut to spend the rest of the day on his own. Patrick's fate is not unusual. The majority of deaf people in sub-Saharan Africa have never been taught sign language. Unable to communicate with others, they are trapped in their own minds. Raymond became deaf as a child after a bout of malaria. Six months ago, he traveled to the capital for intensive training in sign language. Now he's returned to his village to do something unprecedented. He's going to teach the first sign language course ever set up here. Raymond, are you nervous? 
two o'clock, the first deaf students start turning up. And class begins. The course has already started, but Patrick hasn't turned up yet. And I'm worried that his father couldn't convince him to leave home. A few minutes later, Patrick arrives. arriving. Many have walked miles to be here. There's a nine-year-old boy and an 80-year-old woman. Before the end of the class, each new student goes to the front. The class votes on a new name for them. This is now Patrick's sign name and he will use it for the rest of his life. He has just been baptized into a whole new world. I love that video because it was simply someone who saw a need and they said, what can I do to help with this need? But not just that, they had to come and they had to create an environment where the deaf individual felt open to coming, where they felt comfortable being there where they felt they weren't going to be judged, they weren't going to be alienated, they weren't going to be set aside like they had their whole life. You know, I, it, it, it said in the video, for most of the deaf people in Africa, they just, they live in their head their whole life, and that's it. They have an existence maybe working like Patrick did, but their whole life is right inside of their head, and that's it. That, that's about the expanse of their world. And I, and I think many times that's how we are spiritually. Before we've been introduced to Jesus, before we have accepted that gift of salvation, our worldview is so limited. It's so little. Our perspective is so small. But when we're introduced to Jesus, when we give our hearts to the Lord, it opens up our perspective. It opens up our world to a whole new level. Just, you could just see the joy on Patrick's face, right? And I love it because what he did was similar to many of us who hear the gospel. At first, he was very skeptical, right? He came in that class, he was very skeptical. Like, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to learn sign language? And then it began to make a little bit of sense to him. And you began to see the smile come out. That openness of going, okay, this is possible. And then eventually he started to actually do the actions and he started to learn sign language. 
And then he just had a joy because he knew his world had just been expanded exponentially from what it was before. And as believers, many of us are like that. Maybe we're skeptical when we first hear the gospel. We're skeptical about it. And then we begin to go, okay, as, as somebody has shared different testimonies with me and what God has done in their life, they begin to go, okay, maybe there is something to this Christian faith. Maybe there is something to this. And as they hear more and they learn more, they begin to go, okay, I, I do believe this. And I'm going to begin to make this a part of my life. I'm going to make a decision to come into a relationship with Christ. And then your world is changed forever. It's opened up in a whole new way. And as Christians, our desire is to help people come and to receive the gift of salvation. Because we believe, just as it has for us, for them it will change their life forever. It will open their mind to a whole entire new world. Their perspective will be changed. Patrick now has the ability through sign language to communicate with people like he never has before. He didn't have any ability to communicate. It was simple pointing and, and a few uh, actions like that. But many people have that same experience when they come into relationship with Christ. They understand the freedom that comes. Right? You don't have to deal with the guilt and, and weight of your, your sins anymore. You've been forgiven. God's taken them away from you. You don't have to wrestle with that anymore. And that's an amazing thing. But that only can happen when we share our faith. It only happens when we help meet the needs that people have. And it only happens when we create an environment where people feel welcome, where they feel they can trust you, where they feel open to the things that are going on around them. We've talked about these three things, sharing our faith, meeting a need, and creating community. So how can we be a blessing to others? Or we, we talked about how we can be a blessing to others, but what is one way, a way that we can give back to God? Maybe you think, how can I give back to God? By blessing others, we in many ways are blessing God as we're trying to help advance His kingdom through sharing the story of the gospel. There are ways that we can directly give back to God. One way is by setting aside your time to not only pray and listen for God, but to study His Scripture. To get to know Him more, to deepen in your relationship with Him. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we prepare and equip ourselves by learning, memorizing, and living out the scriptures, God feels very blessed as we're obedient to Him in that matter. Just like, for example, as, as parents, uh, you get very excited when your kids listen to you, right? When you give your kid, you ask them to do something and they follow through and do that, you're very pleased with your child because they were obedient. And that's very much, God is the same way. He's very pleased when we follow through with the commands of what His Scripture asks us to do. Another way that we can be a blessing to God is by giving back to Him through our, our, our resources, through our offerings and our tithes, as we do each week here. That's another way is giving that first 10% back to the Lord. So those are a couple ways we can bless God, a couple ways that we can be 
a blessing to one another. I want to ask the worship team to come back up at this time. So what can we do this Christmas season to be a blessing to other people? What can we do to help meet the needs of those who are around us? What can we do to help create an atmosphere that people feel open and welcome to the story of what God has done in our lives? May we shine the light of God's gospel through the way that we live our lives so that people may see us and know that there is something different. But not only this Christmas season, but each and every day, how can we be a blessing to other people? How can we be create a community for others? Father, we just thank you again for, God, the way you have blessed us in such mighty ways, Father, and how you offer your Son for us that we can find freedom from our sins through a relationship with you. But Father, I pray now as we go out, Father, that we would continue to be open to blessing others, Father, to see the opportunities and the needs that are around us. And I, God, you would help us to meet those needs, Father, that you would help us to create a place of an environment that's peaceful, God, and that people feel at ease and that they feel they can trust one another, God, and that they feel they can bring their burdens and their challenges and not be judged for them, but simply that we can share your love with them. Father, that we can help them work through the difficult things that they're walking through in their lives, and that we can share in the victories in their lives and the amazing things that you are doing, Father. I just pray today as we go out and as we continue, Father, to think of the Christmas season, God, that we continue to be a light in the world all around us. Father, speak to us. Give us discernment. Give us wisdom. Create opportunities, Lord, where we can step out and be your hands and feet to help those around us, where we can share our story and our faith, God, of what you've done in our lives, that they can see, God, that, that they can have the same, that it's free, that it's available to them. Minister through us, we pray. Be with us now as we go out, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.